Welcome to the Drive Church Podcast. Join us today as we explore the Word, giving insightful solutions for day-to-day living. We pray this message encourages you throughout your day. You can also visit www.drivechurch.me. Now on to today's message. Well, today I'll talk to you about really recapturing focus and purpose, understanding what happened to you and why it happened. I remember when I, um, my, my, when I first got hired as a full-time staff member um, at a home church, my home church in North Carolina, my first task was to teach VBS for three hours straight. And so what happened is, yes, yeah, somebody knows that. So what happened is kids would rotate through and you would teach for 30 minutes. You'd get a seven-minute break. They would rotate out and then more kids would rotate through. So you're literally just teaching nonstop the whole time, like just teaching, teaching. And my, my thing I was teaching was missions. So I was teaching uh, kids about missions work and um, things of that nature. And one of the, the young kids who is, is now a teenager, he sat there, and he's a little blonde-haired kid with big blue eyes, and he was looking at me with this weird look as I was teaching, kind of some of you guys are doing right now. And, and, and he, he, he rubbed his eyes. He said, what are we doing here? And that was so encouraging, right? Because you're trying to share mission. You're really talking about missions and overseas missions. He's like, what are we doing here? That shook me because I'm like, uh, 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 missions, missions. We're, we're learning missions. And I tried to explain myself. And what I realized is a lot of us are like Parker, this little kid, when it comes to following Jesus. We're kind of like, what are we doing here? I mean, what is all this all about? I mean, what happened? Why did it happen? And whether you have been following Jesus for years, whether you just started following uh, Jesus, we often lose focus and purpose of what happened to us and why that happened. It's so easy. And when we lose that, that, that focus and purpose, we start looking for other things to find purpose in rather than Jesus himself. And today what I want to do is just share with you um, you know, the, the big idea is that God delivered you or saved you so you can be deployed for his kingdom. See, God delivered you. If you, if you name the name of Jesus, and, and, and we'll unpack this, God delivered you. He literally rescued you. Imagine that you were drowning in an ocean and God pulled you out and you could not save yourself. He rescued you. He delivered you. But he didn't do that just so you could say, hey man, badge on my chest. I'm going to heaven one day. He did that so you can be deployed for his kingdom. So you can literally be able to go out and share the love of Jesus with others. If you're a follower of Jesus in here today, you're probably like me. Um, when you gave your life to the Lord and you, you know, you confessed Jesus the Savior, you probably got a brand new Bible. My mom got me this big, big black Bible, you know, like you got, got that for, uh, for me, this big black Bible. And, and, and I started serving and I was really excited about Jesus. Like I was pumped up about Jesus um, when I first gave my life uh, to him. But what happens is... You may get water baptized, you may join a small group or Sunday school class, but like everything, the newness wears off, doesn't it? Right? Doesn't the newness of things wear off? I mean, the new car that you got, <laughs> that car you drove 12 years ago and it seems so awesome. You're not driving, most, most of you aren't driving the car, same car you were driving 12 years ago. Why? Because the newness wore off of it. And as the followers of Jesus, the newness can wear off. 
It's so easy that we, as we begin to follow the Lord, we forget what happened to us and why it happened. And what happens is this, listen to me, you start serving church instead of serving Jesus. So you show up to park cars or, or work with the children or do something, you're like, oh man, I'm tired and I'm going to serve at the church today. Or maybe you're a little more spiritual and you start worshiping worship. They didn't play my songs today. They didn't play my jam. I mean, you know, I mean, I really could worship if they played that one song, but they didn't. We start really worshiping church and worshiping songs instead of Jesus being the focus of our lives. And we literally forget what happened to us and why it happens. See, your affections for Jesus get lost. Let's just be real, right? I mean, the Apostle John wrote to the church in Ephesus in the book of Revelation. He said, you've lost your first love. You used to be really, really in love with Jesus and now you just don't really care anymore. It's easy to do that. We all drift, right? Affections for Jesus get muddied. Our purpose gets muddied. We're like, I don't really know what I'm doing or why I'm here. And then that gets dangerous because we start looking for other things um, to, to find purpose in besides Jesus. And so I want to help you understand this. This is the space I play in. You say, and you're probably saying, Kevin, you know, it's easy for you because you're a pastor. I mean, you know, you, you know your purpose. You have purpose all the time. It's easy for you. Do you understand something that pastors and even myself can get lost if we start worshiping the church or trying to find purpose in ministry? If I start looking for purpose in ministry and finding my identity in ministry, I can get lost and the, 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 the waters can get just as muddied as it, as it does for you. I cannot look. Listen, I am not a pastor. I'm a child of God. You hear me? Pastoring is what I do. That's not who I am. And many times we are looking for things that give us purpose outside of God's redemptive plan. We're looking for some type of unicorn out there. Man, you know, if I can just find the, you know, the, the, the pot of gold under the rainbow, I'll have purpose. I'll have meaning. I'll have these things. People want titles. They want all, all you know, they, they, they want positions. I want you to realize something. You'll never find purpose in that. You've got to remember what happened to you and why it happened to you. That God delivered you you to deploy you for his kingdom. Realize that every one of us has the same purpose in here. Everybody in here has the same purpose. If you're a child of God, if you've given your life to Jesus, you have the same purpose. Is that not crazy? Some of you are like, really? You have the same purpose. The purpose is, is to real, reveal Jesus to people who do not know him and to help in making disciples. That's the purpose. You're like, come on, man, there's something more. See, I mean, no matter where you're at or what you're doing, that's what you do. When, when I worked at SNW Concrete in North Carolina and I drove a front end loader, my purpose was no different than it is today. It was to, to share Jesus, to, to, to uh, share the love of Jesus, and is to make disciples. And so on my job, that was my ministry. I remember walking one, one morning because I, I drove a front end loader from my dad's company. I was like, he put me at the bottom of the, the, the group. You know, I was, I mean, he, he did not give me any position. I got paid the least of anybody. Uh, the bosses would laugh at me and I had the worst jobs they gave me to do and so I would walk over you know the, the, the little bridge going to work I remember walking one day carrying my little um, you know lunch box and the Lord told me because I wasn't I wasn't trying to go into ministry or anything he said Kevin this is your church and those people your congregation and they need the gospel from you but not in words they need example and so I made it my purpose at that job 
to pray over that job, to anoint the, I, mean, I took anointing oil in there and I was anointing things and praying, man. I was asking the Lord to do a mighty work among my coworkers because they desperately needed Jesus. I was able to share Jesus with people and I was able to make disciples out there. So like, I, you know, I'd be sitting on my break reading the Bible. They're like, hey man, what you reading? They're like reading the Bible, like, oh gosh. And they would start bringing up questions and things like that. And I would get to do that on my job. My purpose has not changed. I didn't have, I don't have more purpose today than I had then. Does that make sense to you? And many times as we, as we grow older in Jesus, we don't get better in Jesus. As we grow older in the Lord, we lose the very things that drive us and we start looking for things outside of the very simple purposes that God has for us. Think about this, the Apostle Paul, who was one of the best teachers ever, right? And he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. He was just as effective in jail for preaching the gospel as he was in the streets. No matter where he was at, he was always engaging the purposes of God. He was always revealing Jesus to people who did not know Jesus. He was always taking chances to make disciples with people. And his purpose never changed where he was at. But my fear for us is is that as we go further in the Lord, we start looking for pots of gold and unicorns to find purpose in. And that leaves us even more purposeless in our life. We have no purpose, we feel like. Because we forget what happened to us and why it happened. That's why it's so important. Let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus today, maybe none of your friends are getting baptized and you just came today to thrive, it's so important to be here. Let me tell you why. Because this should do something to you. This should spark something in your heart. You should be excited to see water baptisms. You know why? Because it means God is still working in people's lives. You know, no matter how dark the world gets, it's, it's, it makes the light that much brighter. And this should encourage you. This should stir your affections. This should really pump you up to see these things happen here. See, God has given us responsibility. And listen to this. This is crazy. To partner with him. God did it by himself one time. You know when that was? In Genesis 1. In the beginnings, God by himself created the heavens and the earth, right? And from that point forward, throughout the Bible, you see God partnering with mankind. Yeah, uh, imperfect, messed up, issues uh, driven people, mankind. Throughout the whole Bible, I think that's so cool that God said, now I want to partner with you to see my plan come on earth. God's just not going to do it. He's going to do it through you. He's going to do it through me. God wants to partner with us. And, And let me share this with you. The way he wants to partner is that you proclaim the love of Jesus. You proclaim the gospel with those who you come in contact with. Uh, here's what Paul said to the church in Rome. Why don't you listen to this? Romans 10, 14. How then shall they call on him, being Jesus, whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Now you're like, you got, like, all right, preacher, you're the preacher. That's how they're going to hear, Kevin, you're going to do it. But that word preacher in the Greek means proclaimer. And what Paul was saying to the church at Rome, he wasn't speaking to pastors, he was speaking to followers of Jesus, is that how will people know if they are not told? And who's going to tell them? You're going to tell them. Who's going to tell them? I'm going to tell them. 
That's how they hear. That's how they know. And that is our purpose. Our purpose is not found in youth ministry or kids ministry or worship ministry or or pulpit ministry. Our purpose is found in the simple redemptive plan of God and saying, God, I'll partner with that, whatever that that means to do in my life. If God told me tomorrow to, to leave pulpit ministry and go do something else, if that was a way I could engage the purposes of God, I would do that. You've got to be sensitive to understand that God has purpose for you, but it's not a unicorn that you're looking for that you're uh, never going to find. I, I believe that so many of us are in the same boat that your car gets out of a line, right? You know that, right? I mean, women, you know, your car, you know. If your car pulls to the left or the right, ladies, it's out of alignment, okay? What do you have to do is carry your car to the shop, and what do they do? They put it back in alignment, right? Let me ask you a question. Three years later, do you have to carry it back and get it in alignment again? Are you guys here today yet? Right? Do you do, right? Because cars literally just lose alignment. It it stinks, I know, because it was pulling to, my my car, I had one car pulled to the left so hard that my right arm was like, swole, man, because I had to hold the car in motion. All my left tires tread were torn up, and I could never keep the thing in line. Nobody could ever keep it in line. And I want you to realize the same way we get out of alignment when it comes to God's purposes. We just forget. We lose affection for Jesus. We lose purpose of why we're doing what we're doing. We become overly critical. We become negative. We become pleasure seekers. When we forget what happened to us and why it happened. Uh, Today when you leave here, we're going to give you a little compass. Alright? And my heart with the rest I'm going to share with you today is this, is that you would keep your compass pointed due north to not forget what happened to you and why it happened. And I really believe if you're able to pause and reflect on what Jesus did for you, what happened to you and why it happened, that will stir your affections. You won't need the worship team to be your jukebox. Play this song, play that song. If you play this, I'll really get into it. You know, you won't need the church to try to meet expectations that only Jesus can meet. You won't need people to meet expectations only that Jesus can meet if you never forget what happened to you and why it happened. And I really believe you can keep your compass pointed due north. And here's how you do it. Two truths. Here's how you do it. God delivered and rescued you. God delivered and rescued you. That's the first uh, point in your notes. And look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Do you realize that at baptism or when you accept Jesus that you're not joining a religious group? So yeah, I'm joining a church. I'm I'm becoming religious. What you're doing is you're celebrating the fact that God rescued you. Our two dogs are rescue dogs. What did they need in order to be rescued? They needed to be in trouble and and needed to be rescued. They didn't do anything besides sit there and look scrappy and look dirty and I thought they were going to die. I told my wife about one dog. I said, this dog's not going to make it. You know that, right? Like, like... 
I don't see this dog making it after three months. It's probably got parvo or something. It's just not good. You know, and she was just so happy that I would say that. You're so negative. I was like, no, I've seen it before as a little kid. Um, but we, we rescued that dog. We took that dog in. We took the other dog in and we rescued them. And so many times we forget that we were rescued. That's why we sit during worship and we're like, oh, this is amazing grace. Oh, this is unfailing love. Oh, gosh, man. This, oh, it's too loud. It's not loud enough. Oh. It's not like, man, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That while we were yet still sinners, while we were dead in sin and trespasses, when we couldn't save ourselves, he saved me. He redeemed me. He rescued me. That's what brings us purpose, church. Amen? That's what should stir your affections. That's what should excite you. You can't be good enough to make it to heaven. You can't work your way there. Um, it is because God rescued you. Here's the second, second point. What happened to you? He delivered you. The second one is he designed you to be deployed. God designed you to be deployed. Don't you look at Philippians 3.12, the New King James Version. Philippians 3.12. Apostle Paul writes, not that I've already attained, I'm already perfected, but I press on. Watch this. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. Do you understand that Jesus laid hold of you? He rescued, he delivered you so you could lay hold of that. What is that? It's two things. What is that? Number one is the general purpose of God. That we're going to share the love of Jesus, right? And we're going to disciple people. But what is that for you? God will give you particular passions, but they aren't your, your, your purpose. That's your calling. Your purpose is general. We have the same purpose, but some of us have different callings. We have people who in this church who are really passionate about missions. And that's their calling. Same purpose that I have, different calling. Some people are, are passionate maybe about human trafficking or passionate about food ministry or passionate about kids ministry. That's where you find your calling at. See, Jesus laid hold of you so you could lay hold of that. He did not lay hold of you. You're designed to be deployed. He didn't lay hold of you so you could just enjoy the cushy chair and come to church once a month and say, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm all good. He laid hold of you so you could lay hold of that. There's passions that God has put in you. And what you need to do is find out what, what makes you weep and what makes you pound the table. What really drives you? What is something that when you look at the newspaper or you look at the news, it makes you weep and say, something must be done about this. That's your calling. See, God designed you to be deployed. Think about this. Do you know that, that every one of us in here are deployed? If you're a follower of Jesus... Good. I, I, I got the crinkled lemon faces. Okay, that, that's perfect. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm reading you here. Crinkled lemon faces. Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, he said, you must be born again. How must somebody say you must be born again? Well, that word again means from above. It means from heaven. You must be born again from heaven. When you give your life to Jesus, you literally have new citizenship the New Testament teaches us. Do you know where, where, where your home is actually at? heaven. Earth 
is not your home. This is temporary. Matter of fact, you're on foreign soil. That's why you feel so different around all your friends. You don't feel the same you used to. Because you are literally from heaven. You literally were born again. And you have a new life in Jesus. And this earth is not your home. When you, when you die, you will go to your home, which is heaven. That's beautiful. But think about this. God has you deployed on earth to share the good news with people. All of us are deployed in here. That's why on earth, don't store up treasures like Jesus said. Don't, don't, don't get too, too permanent thinking about earth because you're not going to be here very long. And if you're a follower of Jesus, heaven is your home. See, God designed you to be deployed. And you will never find ultimate joy. You will never find ultimate peace until you accept the fact that you are designed to be deployed for God's kingdom. He delivered you and he also wants to deploy you. Now let me clarify one thing before I share how you do this. This will look different throughout your life. You hear me? It's not one thing. What's this one thing I must do? As Paul said, you're like, ah, that's one thing. What's the one thing God's called me to do? It will look different for you. If you talk to an older saint, okay, talk to someone who's followed Jesus many years, they will tell you all the things that they have done for the Lord. I think my grandmother was the only person who ever did one thing for church. She taught toddler Sunday school for 37 years. <laughs> That's pretty powerful. 37 years straight every morning, right? And she taught me, which, which God bless her heart. Most people throughout different stages and seasons, God will use you to, for in a different calling of some sort, but your purpose never changes. Your purpose is to share the love of Jesus, is to make disciples. That's what Jesus commanded us to do. And so how do we keep our compass pointed due north? Two things quickly. Never lose the all of redemption. Never lose the all of redemption. Guys, be grateful every day that God rescued you. I, I, I want to plead with you. But every day you take a second and not just say, God bless me, God bless him, God bless them, amen. But you pause and say, Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for redeeming me. I could not have done this for myself. I was not worthy of this being done for me. While I was yet still a sinner, you chose me. This is crazy. I've been perfect. I'm a screw up most of the time. And you wanted me. Isn't that beautiful? That's the gospel. And friends, you will lose passion for Jesus. You'll lose passion for serving the local church. You'll lose passion for sharing the gospel. You'll lose passion for making disciples if you do not keep the all of redemption at the forefront of what you do. That's why here at Thrive, man, as much as possible, I want to throw this and lay this before you. Because I know for me, this is the number one thing that keeps me going. This is why I do what I do. This is why I worship. This is why I lift my hands. This is why I'm excited for the Lord. This is why I throw myself at the purposes of God because he chose me. He redeemed me when I could not do that for myself. And here's the, the second point. How do you keep your, your compass pointed due north? Never forget personal mission. Never forget personal mission. Friends, Jesus didn't save you just so you could sit in a room and worship by yourself all day. Jesus redeemed you Jesus chose you because there's people out there who need the gospel. There's people who you think, I'm telling you, I was the guy 
who was high on drugs every day working and there were people who shared the gospel with me and I guarantee they thought nothing happened. They thought, that's a waste of conversation on that idiot. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, I mean, I was just, you know, and look at me today. You have no clue what simple things you could say in love to someone that may help them open their eyes to Jesus. But I'm telling you, if you get up in the mornings and you don't remember what Jesus has done for you and you don't remember your own personal mission every day, everywhere you go, go and as you're going make disciples, you will lose purpose and you will find yourself feeling like, I just don't know that life just, life's kind of gray. And I don't want that to, to, to be your story. Your life is supernatural. God has purpose for you. God has designed you to be deployed. There are people who need your advice. There are people who need you in their life. And, and I'm saying this today for twofold. There are believers who have walked with the Lord for many years. And my fear is, is you've become hard-hearted. You've become calloused. You're critical. You're, you know, kind of crotchety. And you're like, uh, you know, and you're just, you know, angry. Um, there, there, there's believers who are like that in here. I find myself drifting that way. If you're a follower of the Lord Jesus and you've been following Jesus for for years, do not lose sight. Ask God to soften your heart, restore the joy of salvation. If you're getting baptized today and your journey with Jesus is just starting, guess what? Don't forget this message. Please. Don't forget what the little bald-headed man's telling you. Because it will help you throughout your journey with the Lord. You'll find yourself years from now with a vibrant relationship with Jesus because you remember what he did for you and why he did it. He delivered you. He rescued you. He did it so you could be deployed. And listen, let me close with this. If God wanted to just save you and get you to heaven and that was the purpose, he would have commanded me in the scriptures to hold you under for eight minutes at baptism. <laughs> But he didn't. He didn't. He's called you to get up out of the water. And, and I want you to realize what's happening today. In a few minutes, what we're going to do and our team comes up, we're going to water baptize people. And this is the public confessing of what happened to them. And I want you to understand the symbolism because many times you see baptism, they all cute, you know, what's happening. Um, is that when you walk into the waters of baptism, you represent your old life. It's all symbolic. When we put you under, you come back out and that water runs off of you. It represents the cleansing and washing of sin. That you realize Jesus has cleansed you. He has redeemed you. He has restored you. You're washed away. You're a new creature. And I'm going to tell you this. Let me add this to it. Friends, for those getting baptized today, when you walk down those steps, you think, I'm being deployed. I'm being deployed. I'm being deployed. The moment I walk off here, I'm being deployed. You go down. You're the old creature. You come back up. You're a new creation. And you walk out because of the world that needs what you have for them. There's a world that needs what you have for them. I'm going to pray. And then after I do, we're going to have the people getting baptized line up. I want to pray for you before we move forward. Father, I thank you today that we can all celebrate that you rescued us. You redeemed us, God. While we were yet still sinners, we had nothing to offer you. When we were at our worst, you chose us and said, I want you. God, thank you for that. We are humbled today, God. We are humbled today. We thank you, Lord, that as many as believers,
believed upon you, you gave them the power to become children of God. Father, I also ask that as we water baptize today, we would not forget that we are deployed for your kingdom. We're on foreign soil on earth. Heaven is our home. We don't have, you know, earthly presidents. We have a king. His name is Jesus. And we serve Jesus. And I pray, Father.